So I asked the guys, you know, what are some topics that come to mind when you think about the last week of USF baseball that we watched? You know, we saw four games. We saw a pretty exciting midweek win against the University of Pittsburgh on Tuesday, uh, which was really accentuated by a great start from Nolan Hootie. He ended up getting the AAC Pitcher of the Week. Uh, for six innings and 10 strikeouts. That was great. Um, and then the Bulls went out west to California. We saw them play three games against Long Beach State. Uh, the first two games didn't really go too well. Uh, got shut out, lost 8-0 to zero in both. Uh, but we were able to redeem ourselves on Sunday with a great outing from Jack Siebert, uh, who pitched seven innings, only allowed one run. We had some pretty good performances throughout the week on an individual basis. Uh, Riley Skeen got his first Division I save uh, on Tuesday night in Pittsburgh versus Pittsburgh. He also came back and closed out a win on Sunday. So for the week, he had two appearances, uh, three, three scoreless innings. He looked really sharp. Um, Tanner Mink was really crucial in Tuesday night's win with two innings of scoreless baseball. Um, Ethan Brown made his first start of the season, and we'll, we'll get a little more into that. Uh, on the offensive side of the plate, um, Drew Butcher had arguably the best week, uh, batted over 300 for the week, and starting to have some clutch hits. He had a backside RBI um, in a game versus Long Beach to kind of help get the get some runs on the board on Sunday. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the overview of the week. Um, so I'm going to let the guys kind of talk about some thoughts they had uh, reflecting on, on the week. Um, John, uh, when you reflect on the week and look, think about the week ahead, what's kind of on your mind regarding USF baseball? For starters, it's basically just doing the little things right, you know, um, sticking to fundamentals and, and really getting those, uh, small pieces so they're not something you're not even thinking about you know it should be um, a habit you know second nature at this point uh, you know things like laying a bunt down um, there should never be a situation where we can't get a bunt down to to do a job to move a guy over you know there are several different um, times throughout you know even throughout more than just this week you know throughout the entire season where in crucial situations where we've tried to incorporate more small ball into, you know, our, you know, how we operate, which we've all kind of called for at different times. Um, we've kind of fell, sh come up short and um, I'd like to see us improve on that. You know, we, we were able to execute a really nice hit and run, you know, and, um, we we have laid down a few sack bunts, but I would really I would really like to see that number, um, that you know that number increase a lot, and it really just becomes something, like I said earlier, like second nature. I was gonna say talking small ball, you know there was a couple bright spots earlier in the week. Small ball did help the Bulls beat Pittsburgh on Tuesday. Um, you know the, they were losing one to zero in the sixth inning. Bobby Bozer does his job on a hit and run able to drive in a run. John Montez then comes up, is able to execute a sacrifice bunt to drive in the go-ahead run. So there have been some bright spots on the small ball side, but at the same time, I can agree with John that, you know, there's been examples where we see players that are being asked to 
lay down a bunt and they're not able to execute it. And that, that that's something that if you want to be a winning baseball team needs to be fixed. So the one thing that came to my mind when I thought about the, the week reflected on the week that I wanted to talk about was uh, Friday night's game against uh, Long Beach state. There was a few things that were kind of on my mind about that for one Ethan Brown got his first start of the season, which was great. We all wanted to see that. Um, he had been one of the most effective uh, pitchers on the in the on the team this season so far. And, and last year, you know, he had the most starts of any returning player. So it was good to see him be able to start. In my opinion, I would have liked to see him kind of be eased back into the starting role. Um, you know, with most of his appearances so far this season had been. 30 pitches, 40 pitches. Um, I would have liked to see him maybe cap out at around 75 through four innings. But, um, you know, Ethan will probably tell you different. He probably tells you that he could, he wants to go through 130 pitches. So, um, you know, no, there's no right or wrong. It's just, you know, opinion wise. But I think another thing about the Friday night game is just, you know, if you are going to leave Ethan in that long, as, he, as we did, you know, we got him up to 99 pitches. Um, I feel like in, in that situation, if you're already pushing the envelope of, of his, of his limit, just let him finish the inning. You know, he's in the fourth inning. Um, he already had gotten two outs. He had just gotten a batter out and, you know, uh, coming to the plate, uh, with two outs in the fourth inning with, with a runner in scoring position was, uh, Rocco, Rocco Pepe. Uh, a guy who's uh, the best player on Long Beach State. Um, and in a situation like that, you know, I feel like we should let our our horse that got us there uh, finish the inning, you know. And um, also, if you are going to make a change, you want to go with, uh, in my opinion, you want to go with one of your bullpen guys that's in good form right now. You know, we brought in somebody that had been struggling recently. His last few outings, uh, Austin Grouse, his last few outings, he had struggled. I mean, he's a, a great pitcher, but I feel like when somebody is struggling, has a few bad outings, you know, you don't really bring them into the most high leverage situation you've had all week. It's a one run game. The best hitter from the other team is up. You're in the fifth, you're in the fifth inning. Um, for me, that was a situation where you either leave Ethan in or you bring in somebody who's in good form at the moment somebody that has coming off of a string of successful outings is somebody that you would want to bring in that situation. And what ended up happening was, you know, runs ended up scoring that inning. I, I just think it was a, a, a really mismanagement, uh, um, especially considering that you had arms available. You only had a game Tuesday night, you know, you only used three pitchers Tuesday night. There's for me, there was no, no reason to to bring in somebody who had been struggling recently in that situation. Yeah, and I, I think one thing other to factor in the whole situation is the shifting of games. And I wonder how that affected the the pitchers coming into the series, you know, expecting to maybe pitch on Friday, getting all psyched up for that. And, you know, even same thing on Saturday, there's a change in schedule there. Um, so I, I really wonder how that, that whole entire shuffling of the game times this weekend kind of factored into the preparation, especially – you know, in that first Saturday game and, and the first game on Sunday. Um, ultimately, you know, there, there's guys that are ready to come in at any time and, and shut the door down. But 
Uh, I think that's just a, an interesting thing to to ponder. All right. Um, so that's kind of it. And from my 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 first topic that I wanted to talk about, um, Matt, what what kind of what's kind of the topic that you wanted to bring up when you reflect on the week? Yeah, I think the the number one thing is I think we're starting to see our pitching rotation come together. Obviously, we've kind of talked about Nolan Hootie and his great start on Tuesday, as well as, uh, you know, we got a great start from Jack Siebert on Sunday. And not only that, but, you know, guys like Ethan Brown, he's coming into the rotation for the first time this year. Uh, you know, there's probably a little bit of kinks to work out for him, but we all know that he's more than capable and has shown last year that he's, you know, had a lot of success in that pitching rotation. Um, so that and also, you know, Hunter Mink, he's already shown this year that he's more than capable. He's gone six innings against FAU and and has had some good outings. I think one thing that really excites me is knowing that we have four guys that are in this rotation that are more than capable of going out there and, you know, giving a, a solid outing of five plus innings and, and giving up minimal damage. Um, so I, I think that was a big question mark, you know, especially the first couple of weeks of the season. But I think we're starting now to see the the rotation come together. And I think there's a, a lot of things to look forward to. And, you know, you look at a guy like Jack Siebert, you know, you saw flashes of, of a lot of potential earlier on in the year I think he kind of ran into some rough spots uh, deeper into outings but for him to go out there and, and pitch seven innings and do what he did on, on that Sunday game was probably the the biggest breakthrough of the season so far and I think uh, I could speak for all of us we're, we're very excited to see that yeah for sure I, I I feel good about what we have going forwards as a starting rotation as well knowing that Ethan is a part of it now and knowing that, you know, Nolan is finding his footing as that midweek guy um, makes me feel really, really confident going forwards. You know, we have uh, five games coming up this week, and it'll be interesting to see how the the pitching is utilized there because, you know, we the, what we just talked about is essentially four starters. So I'm not really sure who the fifth starter would be. Um, but, you know, on most typical weeks, you're going to have four games. So it is good to know that we have four starters that are, are starting to show some promise. And like you said, Hunter Mink, um, you know, he had a, a kind of a rough couple of last outings, but he ends up hanging in there. You know, he gets you at least through a few innings, uh, even if he's struggling. And if you look at his metrics for the season, um, you know, he's pitched 17 innings. Uh, he actually has the third best FIP on the team. Uh, despite his ERA being a little elevated right now, he's still doing a good job of striking people out, limiting walks, uh, keeping the ball in the ballpark. And uh, he's just a good pitcher and and he'll he'll bounce back. You know, it's a long season and, and everybody's going to have their ups and downs. Yeah, I think uh, something about Hunter, too, is he he's built to start. He He's a really big, strong kid and, you know, he has the velocity. So I, I think that he's best suited to continue to pitch in that in that rotation. And like you said, he's going to figure it out. He's, he's had a lot of success in the past and uh, I think it's only a matter of time and, you know, who knows, it might come uh, as early as this weekend where everything starts clicking and, you know, we really start to see that whole entire rotation come together. Yeah. And just to kind of finish this off, uh, you know, two great starts, like we said, but going into a little bit of the details, you know, we've mentioned before Nolan with six innings, 10 Ks, one run, you know, Jack Siebert, 
seven innings. I think the longest outing he had in his career, he's only a sophomore before that was around four innings. So he, he just way exceeded what he had ever done before in a game where the bulls really needed that. And in a game where you're facing one of the better lineups, you're going to see all season. Um, very impressive for him to do that on the road uh, in, a, in a new environment. I think one thing that, uh, you know, really helped him out in that game was he, he really used his, his strong defense behind him. Um, you know, he, he didn't strike out a whole lot of guys, but he, he also didn't walk a whole lot of guys either. He uh, really relied on, on the defense behind him. And uh, I, I think in order for him to be successful, I, I think that's going to be something that you'll have to do and, you know, continue to keep the ball down in the zone and not keep it elevated. But I think, uh, you know, that was a big contributing factor to his success this weekend as well. Yeah, I agree because um, I was actually uh, – I talked to Jack about this after the game, honestly, um, and his parents about it before the game. Uh, I really thought that, especially after seeing that first frame, how uh, we came out and answered um, being shut out for the first two games against the Dirtbags, and then we come out top of the first – and we couldn't miss and we put up four runs. It should have been more. Um, But uh, I remember thinking to myself, we might see Jack's best start of his career. Um, And I can actually show you you the text Uh, because that kid, he, his Achilles heel last season was the first inning. Um, the first, and I mean, really any starting pitcher, I had trouble with first inning. It's, it's, it's a widespread issue, but, um, he was, he had documented issues on trying to get out of that first inning and, um, more times than not, he was pressing for that K, you know, as opposed to, um, relying on the life that he has on all four of his pitches and pitching to contact like he did against Long Beach state. Um, you know, some of those lazy fly balls that were F7, F8, F6, whatever, you know, though he could have easily pushed and tried to get a K there, but he was pitching smart and, and pitching with a lead. And I think that only speaks to his growth and maturity as a starting pitcher. Um, and also, um, we we talked about fundamentals in, in the beginning, right? Um, and just to tie that in with pressing on the mound, um, we have to do the small things right on the mound too. It doesn't matter if you're the worst pitcher on our, on our squad or the best. With an O2 count, we cannot be plunking people. We cannot leave a center cut fastball on O2. Trust your catcher. Bury bury a slider. Bury a changeup. Put a fastball three ball lengths out. It's your pitch as a pitcher. It's not. It's not. It's no longer a hitter's count. Take advantage of that. We have to execute on the situations that are served up to us on a platter, you know, because if we can't execute in those moments, we're just going to get taken advantage of from every other vantage point of the game. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, you mentioned Jack getting a a, a lead, you know, he, he didn't step on the mounds uh, until he had a four zero lead, you know, uh, in the bottom of the first, because the bulls scored four runs in the top of the first inning. And you're right. I mean, that, that, kind of allowed him to settle in and relax. But I think that could be a learning experience for him going forwards, regardless of whether he has a lead or not, that if he just, you know, trusts his stuff and pitches the contact, trusts his defense, 
he's going to have successful results. Um, so, you know, hopefully he can learn from that going forwards and, and really keep applying this to his starts. But, you know, I, I, this kind of makes me want to transition to uh, the offense. You know, when you mentioned getting a lead like that in the beginning and, you know, that's, that's crucial. You know, it, it, the, the game goes, it, the gate's a team game, offense, defense, pitching, everybody needs to contribute. Everybody needs to step up. And from an offensive standpoint, you know, we've we've seen uh, some emerging uh, stars on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, John Montez is having a great season. His OPS is above 900. Uh, Bobby Bozer's OPS is above 1,000. Um, you know, we had some guys that are having some really good seasons offensively, but I think there's still a bigger issue with the offense that is holding back our, our consistency. You know, you think about this past week, two runs against Pittsburgh, zero against Long Beach, zero against Long Beach, and then six. So you scored eight runs in four games. So it's, you're averaging two runs a game in the past week. We're, we're fortunate to have gone two and two, to be honest. Um, and that was because of the heroic pitching efforts from Nolan and, and Jack was a big part of that, big part of that success. But offensively, you look back at this past week, in four games, the Bulls struck out 46 times which is uh, a lot. And, you know, that's more striking out more than 10 times a game. But not only is it the strikeouts, but it's the way that they're striking out that I think is a problem. If you look at this past week, of the 46 strikeouts, 20 of them were strikeouts looking. So that's two strikes, and we're watching strike three, 20 out of 46 strikeouts. That's 44% of the time. You know, that that just not acceptable. Like for me, it's coming from that that's a that's that's an approach thing. That's a that's a mindset thing. You know, what what are we what are what are the coaches coaching our hitters to have as a two strike approach? Like what what are they what are they teaching them? Because your two strike approach cannot be to 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 just sit there and watch it, it, you know it strike out 20 times in, in in four games looking um you know you look at ECU okay they're they're kind of like who you always want to compare yourself in the AAC right now because they're consistently good in the past week they struck out 41 times in five games so about eight times per game but only seven of those were looking compared to our 20 out of 46 i mean that is that has nothing to do with talent. It has nothing to do with ability. We literally have guys who are just as talented or more talented than the players in ECU. It's just for me. It's a uh, uh, starts from the top. It's what is the philosophy being being taught to the hitters with two strikes? Are we being taught to protect the plate, or are we being taught to 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 not expand the zone to just you know, maybe maybe we're hoping that the zone is going to expand later in the season. Then we're going to start drawing some walks or something. But, you know, if we keep waiting, the season's going to pass us by. You know, you can't just watch the season pass you by. And I think that we need to get more aggressive um, early in counts to avoid two strikes. But if there is two strikes, the mindset has to change. There has to be, um, you know, more willingness to expand the zone and, and shorten the swing. You know, I see a lot of times where when we're striking out, if we're not striking out looking, uh, we're striking out with 
like big swings. And I feel like if shortening on two shortening with two strikes, trying to make contact would make a tremendous difference going forward. So that's just something that was really on my mind that I, I feel like I had to talk about. So, so John, I know the first topic you wanted to cover related to um, the execution of fundamental baseball, but what, what is, what else is kind of on your mind that you wanted to talk about? Um, yeah. So I would say that, uh, all season long, one bright spot has been our defense, especially um, in the infield. Uh, one thing that killed us last year were were errors in uh, on our defense, and we're seeing um, a couple, you know, key transfers like in uh, freshmen that have completely turned our our defense around. You know, you've got Senkovich over there, manning down the hot corner. You've got uh, kind of um, a group effort at shortstop, but I think our um, defensively, <clears throat> the player that gives us the best shot over there in shortstop um, is Eric Snow, especially the more that he starts to hit. Um, but he's just so clean at shortstop. He's definitely a natural shortstop. And then you've got um, John Montez over at second base. Uh, you know, all three of those guys have been walking web gyms this year. And and I'm not saying that because I live and breathe USF baseball. Like they have made some, some of the best plays I've ever seen in person. And I say that very, very easily, but, and then you've got Cantu at first base who just adds so much more than just talent. You know, he adds that leadership component and just really rounds off what I think is the, one of the best defensive. Um, I would put our infield, uh, up against any team in the country. I said what I said, and I'll die on that hill. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I think that when that that goes back, again, to the fundamentals thing, when you do the small things right, you're going to start to see a lot of things start to go in your way when you do the small things right. You do it right, you do it light, you do it wrong, you do it long, you know. Uh, so the more we take care of – you know, the vegetables, you know, doing, doing the things we don't necessarily want to do the right way, you know, we can enjoy the better stuff down the road. Yeah, I agree about the defense in the infield. It's been uh, incredible. You know, I posted a couple of videos today on the page, just of the, of the plays that Sankovic and Snow and Montez have been making, but, you know, even, um, Bobby Bozer has been really good at shortstop when he plays shortstop. You know, he's also played center field and he's got the highest OPS on the team. So he's somebody whose bat is going to be in the lineup every day, whether it be shortstop, center field, DH, doesn't really matter. But just the fact that, you know, you essentially have five incredible infielders with Cantu included for four spots. So that's just great to have that depth and just to know that, everyone is capable of making like the highlight real play, but also the routine play. Um, Eric Snow actually made sports center top 10 for his play on Tuesday against Pittsburgh, uh, jumped up in the air, snagged the ball over the middle of the field. Um, you know, everybody's kind of making plays like that in the infield right now. So that's, that's like, for me, one of the strongest suits of the team for sure. Yeah. I was going to say, honestly, I, I think we're pretty spoiled when it comes to, especially the shortstop position, you know, guy like Bobby Bozer, he has a 986 uh, fielding percentage this year. He's only made one error on the season. Um, so that's definitely uh, 
a problem a lot of coaches love to have is is that depth, especially, uh, you know, we've seen what it's like when we don't have that kind of depth. Uh, definitely excited for a uh, defensive play so far this year. Yeah, for sure. And that actually leads me to the next uh, thing I wanted to talk about. We we kind of talked before the show is someone that we is almost like an enigma right now. We just don't know what to make out of what's the going on with the usage of this player. Uh, Stanton Luthman is uh, somebody on this team who uh, he's in his fourth year of college baseball and he's also an infielder uh, primarily. Um, so, and when he has been in there in the infield, he's been at the level that the other guys are, you know, so you can almost say you got six infielders that can play at a really high level. But the one thing we'll, I'll say about Stanton that we kind of talked about off, off the air earlier was just, you know, he hasn't really gotten an opportunity yet this year. He's only had 15 at bats. And, you know, we're a team that is very left-handed bat heavy. And as of right now, we only have two right-handed hitters for the, for the whole season that have an OPS over 700, you know, above average, basically. Um, so we need to get a third or fourth right-handed hitter hitting at a high level. Um, and maybe Stan Luthner could be that guy. Yeah, I think the, the one thing with Stanton, too, is he's a guy that started 50 out of 52 games for Stony Brook last year. So he's got that experience. And on top of, you know, having a, a really strong fall campaign, I think, uh, you know, there's definitely a lot of opportunities for him to find some spot starts at the very least. Uh, there's a lot of guys that I think, you know, are struggling right now that may have seen some more opportunity. And to to have a guy like that with the type of experience he has and, you know, he's a in my opinion, he's a five-tool player. He hit seven or eight bombs last year for Stony Brook, has a great glove, um, also can run pretty well. Um, so having a weapon like that on the bench, uh, definitely need to find him some more opportunities. And ultimately, I, I think, you know, you need to plug him in against those those tough lefties. We, it seems like every other day we're, you know, going against a tough lefty. And on any given uh occasion we got six seven guys in, in the in the lineup that are lefties so why not get him some more opportunities and um you know i, I think that would be a, a really positive thing to get him uh some at bats in the coming series yeah i agree i mean he's somebody that also has good size you know uh six foot 200 pounds you know he's got a good frame he's got a good power like you mentioned he hit seven home runs last season at stony brook um 226 plate appearances. I mean, the guy's very experienced. Uh, and, and on a team, like we mentioned earlier, that's really needing some right-handed hitting production. Uh, I feel like it, I feel like with five games coming up this week, um, I feel like, uh, you know, he should be getting a lot of at-bats to see what he can do and um, carve himself out a bigger a bigger role on this team, I feel like is, is something that's coming down the pipeline for sure. And with that, let's kind of look ahead. Uh, to the upcoming week. The Bulls are at home for all five games. And midweek on Tuesday and Wednesday, they're playing against the Dartmouth, an Ivy League school. Um, they're currently 0-7. I don't know why they've only played seven games. But overall, they're actually a pretty solid program. Uh, last year, they finished 159 in the RPI out of 300. So kind of middle of the pack. Uh, in Division One baseball, with a twenty-one and nineteen record, um, so they're they're a pretty solid club, and 
Then you look at Army this weekend uh, for a three-game series, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. They're currently 6-8 and eight on the season, but they're also a team that is uh, consistently a winning program. Uh, last year, they actually finished 151st in the RPI, close to pretty close to Dartmouth with a 31-25 and 25 record. And they've been in the top 150 for the last four years. So they're uh, they're a very solid, consistently winning program. Um, so the Bulls definitely have some challenges this upcoming week with these uh, with these teams. But it'll be interesting to to see how how it shakes out. Yeah, the thing about uh, Army too is they really had a hot start to the season, um, but you know as of recently they've kind of faced some speed bumps. So. It'll be interesting to see, you know, which team they are this season, whether they're the team that started out hotter or the team that's been kind of struggling as of late. Um, so I, I think that'll be a really interesting matchup. And I think it poses a lot of opportunities for us to uh, kind of just holistically looking at the schedule this week to, um, you know, really gain some momentum and and see what uh, our guys are capable of uh, against maybe some teams that aren't quite up to uh you know, the standard of what we've been playing in the last uh, or at the beginning of the season. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to um, the slate against Army. Um, you know, if you look at their season a little bit closer in depth, they uh, they started the season out with a, a, a series win against Air Force, who's not a bad baseball school. And then um, they go on the road to against Charlotte, who we all know fairly well is a very good baseball program. And they took two out of three there, but then, um, you know, the wheels kind of start falling off. They, they lose two, uh, two single games uh, to Kansas state. They split with Stonehill college. They lose to Arkansas and they lose a series to Wright state. They play Albany, uh, I believe in a midweek and, and then they play us this weekend. So this week it brings up a um, interesting issue because we have another five game set coming up, and um, we are still trying to you know really kind of figure out what our set in stone rotation is. And I think while we're getting closer, adding that fifth game is going to add a, a unique variable because we've been known to deploy um, a bullpen day of sorts. You know when we don't have that set in stone starter but i think that if you look at our roster um even the guys who don't have a set in stone role for our team right now could even be looked at for spot starts especially against a team i mean i'm not overlooking dartmouth at all but especially against a winless dartmouth program on the road you know um but i think that uh what we're gonna see is um we'll see hootie on tuesday um, he's going to be a great follow. He'll have a great opportunity to follow up from um, what was probably his best start last week. Um, and then the the real the real question is who's going to go Wednesday, right? So um, you could throw Justin Jackson out there. Um, he had a great. He was he opened against Florida. I think he went like three and a third, or maybe even four full innings where he limited damage, you know, his pitch count was down, he limited mistakes, and he did really well. Um, but stylistically, I think that he's very similar. Um, not very similar, but similar enough to Hootie in the sense that 
You know, they rely on their off speed. They're both lefties. They're not high velo guys. They're going to be crafty. They're going to keep guys off balance, right? And that's where they thrive, um, almost pitching backwards. So you give a lineup too many times looking at that kind of style, they're going to catch on. So I would like to see us switch up and go almost like, I, I know we've been using him primarily out of the bullpen, but I would like to see like a specialist role for Jackson, uh, for Jackson Cawthorn. I would like to see Jackson Cawthorn maybe get that Wednesday midweek answer crafty with Velo, you know, and, and Cawthorn's got a great arsenal of pitches. And then I think there's nothing wrong with the weekend rotation. I think we stick to what, what we know has worked in the past. Just because it didn't work last weekend doesn't mean we have to – Oh. We have to throw our hands up in the air and panic. No, we know Ethan, we know Hunter, and we know Jack. And those are all three names that I'm going to trust until the last game of the season and not think twice about it. Agreed. Yeah, and going back to that, uh, you know, thinking about a potential bullpen day, definitely I, I think we need, need to be strategic and, you know, mixing up velocities with the guys that we're bringing into the game. You know, I think starting out the game with, maybe even someone like Chandler Dorsey who, who throws a little bit harder or, you know, as you said, um, you know, Jackson Cawthorn, uh, somebody with some velo that, you know, or it could be somebody that, you know, might, might be throwing a little bit softer, but really getting that mix of, of velocities out there and, and really being, uh, you know, cognizant of that and, and making sure that those pitchers are aligned to their, uh, to their strengths. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I feel like Jackson Cawthorn is really having a quietly a, a really good season. Um, you know, he's given us 10 in the third inning so far. This past week, he, he threw three shutout innings in, in the Saturday game against Long Beach State. Currently has the the, the lowest FIP on the team. Um, he hasn't given up any home runs. Uh, he keeps the ball in the ballpark and hitters are hitting 256 against him. So he's he's kind of keeping keeping the hitters under control and and not really uh, walking too many people while while kind of racking up the strikeouts at a decent rate. So, you know, I think Jackson is somebody that is going to be a, a high leverage reliever for you or even can spot start for you uh, in, a, in a variety variety of roles. But I actually really like the idea you had there of Chandler Dorsey getting a start because, you know, he's a guy that just a couple of weeks ago we thought kind of was like running away with the closer position um, and and still, uh, it looks very good when he goes out there. Um, kind of lately more, it's been Riley Skeen as a closer, which makes sense. He's a bit older and, you know, he's a junior versus Chandler being a freshman. But I feel like, you know, Chandler can go out there and, and give you two to three good innings to get the game started on a good note. And, and then you could switch back to Justin Jackson, who's going to maybe come up with a, with a different velocity, different arm angles, different side of the mound. Um, that would be a really intriguing way, I think, to, to to go with that Wednesday game. Let's make some bold predictions for this week. Um, and I'd like to go around the horn and and let's do uh, let's do one to two bold predictions for the five game set that we're facing this week. Maddie, what do you got? Uh, I don't know if it's such a, a bold prediction, but you know, I I really thought that uh, both. Uh, Jack Siebert and Nolan Hootie pitched very well this past week. And I look forward to them uh, continuing that success. I think they really found something. Um, 
you know, I, I think both of them kind of lived up to their strengths. And I think, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a kind of an outing that we haven't seen from either one of those um, in, in basically their, their USF career. So definitely looking forward to seeing that progression. Um, I think also, I think Drew is going to, you know, have a, a breakout week this week. I think he's kind of been building up the momentum, uh, but I, I think he's, you know, he'll probably tell you himself he's long overdue for a, a home run. And uh, I think he's going to hit uh, at least one home run this week. I'll see your one home run and I'll, I'll raise it to, to three. Um, I, I think that uh, Drew Burchard's going to have a monstrous week. Um, he continually looks very comfortable, more and more comfortable each week at the plate. Um, he's kind of just, like you said, he's quietly building up towards his breakout and, uh, for this season. And I feel like it's coming, uh, sooner than later, you know, he just looks really improved with his approach. Like I see him going the opposite way with two strikes, um, getting base hits, keeping it, keeping it, you know, simple. And, you know, when, when a guy like Drew Butcher is, you know, not trying to do too much, that's when he ends up backing into home runs you know just just by accident so um yeah I, I like that but i think a bold prediction for me this week you see multiple home runs from three different people i think you're going to see within this week i think that there's going to be drew plus two other people are going to have multiple home runs I kind of have some inklings who I think it might be, um, but uh, that that's kind of my 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 bold prediction for now. My guess is going to be Cantu and Montez. Okay, so I was thinking Cantu and Jackson Mayo, but uh, I'll, I'll I'll definitely roll with Montez if that happens. That that works for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw our uh, in there. Think uh, and I think that's actually one of my bold predictions. Um, and then one more home run name. Um, I mean, lead from the front, Danger Cantu, DC three three all day. Um, but as far as bold predictions, I think uh, I'll I'll lead with I think Stan Luthner. Um, I think that he etches uh, a, a place for himself in the starting lineup every day this weekend when he gets the bat going, because we know that he possesses the tools to be effective defensively more. So he was a starter for what his first three years in college, or at least two out of the first three. Um, and then um, my next not so bold, bold prediction is um, boogie is going to go six innings, give up two earned or less uh, with 10 K's and, two walks or less, and he is going to um, really make a name for himself or really own that Friday night guy. He's going to – He's this is going to be his launching point for the season, and I really think that he's going to um, come into his role as our ace moving forward. I like that. I like that. I definitely see that. I feel like – you know, last last week he was just getting reacclimated to the starter role, and and this week, like you said, has the potential to be a real a real launching pad for a season. And I, I I agree with that for sure. All right, I think that about wraps it up 
Um, we will have a Bruin at McEwen tailgate this Saturday for the Army game. Um, but other than that, we appreciate everybody listening, and we'll talk to you all soon. Awesome. Stay tuned. Go Bulls. Go Bulls.